Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. And hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander peoples tuning in from whichever land you are on. And the lands, whichever one it is, were all stolen and never ceded. And if you want to get in touch with the program today, you can um, look um, for posts on Facebook, on my page, Sally Goldner AM, on Out of the Pan, 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. You can um, email um, outofthepan855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456-751215. And you can tweet at Sal Gold said so. And that is definitely the bottom line. We opened up with Stone Cold's theme in honour of it being WrestleMania weekend, um, said, um, said Sally. Um, and um, who allegedly was watching a little of it um, just outside the studio before we came in, but the iPad is now off. I never said that. Um, lot, thanks for your company. What a what a busy week it's been. Um, I hope you had a, if you um, are of faith, had a wonderful um, weekend. And um, last weekend, um, or if Christian faith was your thing, if you had some relaxing time out, as mentioned last weekend, by gosh, um, Saturday was wonderful um, in terms of Melbourne's climate-diverse um, approach to life with 30 degrees and now um, waking up this morning and hearing announcements at um, wake-up time of how it was 11 degrees. Yes, um, start singing that um, Melbourne climate anthem called Four Seasons in One Day. Oh, dear. Um, I, don't, I don't mind winter, but I just don't like the the sort of autumn coming down, to quote Chris Christopherson or something like that. On the show today, I've got a couple of big topics. There was a really, really good mainstream media article, um, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, sort of um, um, in the Age Sydney Morning Herald. Seriously, full, full credit to this article. It's one of the best mainstream main media articles I've seen on the issue of consent. And I should just add that any opinions on the show are my own personal opinions. They may or not coincide with those of organisations with which I'm involved. And this was a really good article, full credit to Caitlin Fitzsimons, or Fitzsimmons, I should say. Um, It's called, How Do You Talk About Consent With Your Kids? And there's just so much good in this. I thought I'd work through it today because it's a big issue and it covers, you know, all sexualities and all genders. Yes, yes, yes. We live in a society where it would appear the majority of people are cisgender and or heterosexual and therefore when it comes to consent so often it is understandably framed in that in that frame in that light of you know sort of um, men and in simple language straight men and straight women but of course it could apply to anything and the, that's one of the things I really liked about this article um, and of course it's come about in the light of the recent um, well, allegations to be um, to stop the lawyers getting on me um, and 3CR in terms of Parliament House, and I think this is this is one of the better things that's been to happen now that some of the initial and understandable shock and emotion and uh, feeling has subsided. It's like, what do we do that's constructive? Yes, changing laws. I want to have a talk about that is important um, to make them better, um, but of course, you, um, people have to stand by those laws um, is another thing. 
And this article in last Sunday's Age, which I read after the show, was really, really good. And so I think um, the first thing that, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, um, that comes out, um, one of the things when I was reading back through this article, no still means no. I think, you know, whilst that's not the whole answer by any means, it's a flyingly good start. Um, And yet, of course, we see it ignored. Silence is not consent. I'd add to that, hesitation is not consent either. And of course, hesitation is more than, um, oh, look, I'm not sure in a verbal sense, because of course, not everyone can communicate verbally or some people don't. And I'll come through this and this article does it, which is why I was so rapt to see this. Um, You know, sort of, and I'm not going to, this is, by the way, not legal advice. There are various laws in states and territories, but this is sort of looking at it from a more practical day-to-day matter. And I really like what this um, says, it says silence is not consent. I, I'd take silence, better to go on the safe side and say no silent with silence or hesitation. Uh, as this article says, consent's not only legal, it's about doing the right thing by other people. Yes, it's not just, well, I didn't mean it to be offensive or I meant it as a joke or meant it as a compliment. No, it's how the other person takes it. And, you know, they might not be able to talk about that. And there's a good website called Make No Doubt, created by the New South Wales um, government, puts it, yes, question, plus yes, exclamation mark, equals yes. And I think that's a pretty good approach. But then, of course, I would add to that, you've got to work through what exactly does that mean? If someone says, person A, I'll keep it gender neutral, says, would you like to go out to dinner with me? And person B says, yes, Um, dinner means dinner, we would hope. Well, you have to explore that. Um, the, th- the second thing it says here, consent needs to be voluntary without coercion or pressure. A large power differential can affect this. Now, this is where, of course, we acknowledge that we are in such a patriarchal society or other things as well, a cisgenderist society, an ableist society, many, many others. And I'm going to say a neurotypical um, society. Um, come to that in a second. And the person has to be capable of giving consent. Well, you know, if they're asleep or under the influence or otherwise out of it, maybe distracted, you know, um, then that's not consent either. And also it can be withdrawn and then um, consent for one activity does not imply consent for one another. Now, these might sound incredibly basic to some of our listeners, but to a lot of people, particularly probably, sadly, the people perpetrating, but also as a, you know, know, a lot of people who feel disempowered or overpowered, if we want to put it that way, um, they might not be. So it's always good to reinforce these things. And there's a great meme. Oh, it's not, no, like no meme, it's never, none of them are ever perfect. It's called the cup of tea meme. It sort of says just because someone wants a cup of tea one day, you don't just go and plonk it under them the next. Next time they might want white tea. Next time they want not decaffeinated. Next time they might want sugar. Next time they want, might want artificial sweetener. And the next time, um, if I can be a little dry human, it's Melbourne, they might want coffee. And next time they might want nothing at all or something else. So I think that, you know, sort of, um, I think that's really important as well. And that sort of gets us past the dinner is just, um, um, get makes it clear dinner can only be dinner. Um, so um, no, still means no, but it's not the end of the story. This was why I like this article. Silence is not consent. Here's one that I massively resonated with. Um, silence is not consent. Sometimes people will freeze in the moment and won't say no, but they won't say yes either. Now, I've spoken frequently on this program about my neuroprocessing that I identify with the highly sensitive person trait. We take in sensory 
information um, in greater length, depth and breadth than the median of the population. And so if someone starts really pushing in on me, and I've had this happen a number of times where people move in just, they think they're being nice. Again, that, um, you know, sort of, um, um, you know, sort of, oh, you know, this is thinking about how they mean it. But if someone just barges in, even to kiss you and they think it's a compliment, and this can happen in, you know, any gender, but it does seem to happen a lot with males onto females, including gay men onto females at times, that's really overloading because you're invading someone's personal space all of a sudden and they might be sitting there talking, minding their own business. The other person, the person who's doing that behaviour has just walked into the room or space or whatever it is if we are in person and doesn't think about these things. So this one is really, really important to me and not a lot of people um, quite understand that. And I've met lots of you know, cisgender men heterosexual and gay who think they're the nicest, sensitive new age guys, and they do this, and they don't stop and ask first. Um, You ask if you hug, and of course, particularly in these COVID times, it's even more important. So really, really good one there, that watch for people freezing. You know, just, it's self-awareness, is it so hard? Um, And if there's any doubt, it's up to the person initiating the counter to check if the other person wants to participate. But most people, as I say, perhaps thinking about themselves. Um, The next good thing about this article, um, which we'll come to after the message, and the other thing we're going to some music and messages, and the other thing we're going to have on the show today um, is we're going to have a little look at the issue content warning just for the mention, but it won't be looking at it in detail. There's been a press release from the state government on rainbow family violence prior to LG, I will say LGBTIQ Family Violence Day um, in Australia on the 28th of April. So good to see that happening. So um, also we'll be tackling um, in this show, whilst this article is focused on how you start educating children, that will, of course, leave gaps for some other people who are older. We'll talk through that as well. In the meantime, let's have a listen. Another great track from Troy Cassar Daly's album, The World Today. And here's one that features Ian Moss. So, well, it's got to be good. Chisels. And a track called South. 3CR 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Staring at her open door I think 
Keen reader with an unpublished manuscript. Do you want to be a writer, or are you interested in how others have written their books? Listen to Jan Goldsmith speaking with authors and those in the writing business on Published or Not, 11.30 till noon on Thursdays and, of course, on 3CR.
current world in which the higher education sector operates is characterized by profit and power. And as universities are further incorporated into global neoliberalism, these ideas of the public good face the most serious threat that they have ever faced. COVID pandemic, besides highlighting all of the other fissures in society, has also really highlighted the terrible inequalities that have long existed within the sector. The precarity, the overwork, declining mental health caused by intensifying privatization and the privileging of profits at all costs. And students who should be our co-learners in this process face mounting debt. If this pandemic has done nothing else, it has shown us that this system in its current iteration is unsustainable. We have to organize and fight against it. There is no other way. There is no alternative to quote somebody who shall remain nameless. You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR. That indeed is us, 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks so much for your company. And discussing on the show today a very important topic, consent, um, which to some extent goes across um, sexuality and gender. But if you perhaps if you think there are possible differences for any or all of the LGBTIQA plus communities. And also there could be differences in terms of intersections. I mean, one possible thing, you know, uh, you know, if you have not had, if you've had less education, is it theoretically possible that you haven't understood consent? Um, we've got to be aware of our own privilege to some extent on these sorts of issues. Had a comment, a couple of comments come in from Hoffler. Um, who said, first of all, um, when I travel to Europe, there are cultural factors where men kiss each other and it's accepted. It's all about context as well. Well, absolutely so. Um, you don't just sort of walk up to um, anyone and kiss them, but um, we'll come to, come back to the article in a second, which sort of talks about where people of in any situation kiss or hug or whatever. Um, and um, also Hoffler said, the arrogance and entitlement of gay men is annoying. It's why we, I'm presuming, hopefully you're referring to self and partner, are choosy in the clubs we go to as well. Well, yes, um, far be it for me to say that club, some clubs might be more or less appealing than others. Um, anyway, we, um, we could go on about that and dare I say, wow. Um, let's come back to this article. As I say, it is just really good. It's just such a good piece of work by Caitlin Fitzsimmons. Um, you know, sort of... Um, when do you start talking to children about consent and how do you explain it to young kids? Can't really start too young, but obviously age appropriate. Now, I'd be honest and say this perhaps is a little beyond my expertise. There's lots of others. Um, Diane Carson is one person who does great work in this through Body Safety Australia, um, just a friend of mine. And others um, who I would um, turn to for expertise, Cindy Darnell, who now lives in New York, Helena May and Hunter. But, of course, consent is broader than sexual consent. This is why I was just having, you know, sort of woohoo moments reading this article. You know, how many times do we misuse consent in workplaces where, let's say, people just use hierarchy to get things done because they don't communicate effectively, they won't look at themselves and their own attitude? There's probably, mm, I don't know, about 99% of people have seen misuse of hierarchy. 
and lack of consent. I'm going to, you know, a small example of this many moons ago, um, and when I was working as an accountant in a corporate sector, which shows you how many moons ago it was, uh, as a as a male, but it's, and this isn't about sexual consent, the um, general manager of our business unit was in a grumpy mood one day, and we put in our monthly reports, which then get got consolidated with the other business units for the whole organisation. We had a, bu- a monthly overhead budget. Let's say it was $100,000. It was always rounded up to the nearest thousand. And one this month, it came in 101000 Because this guy was feeling grumpy and wanted to misuse power, he made us analyse the every up and down variance, you know, whether it was more or less than budget, to the single dollar, even though it was only 1%. Out. Now, did we, if we had said no to that, would we have been fired, not promoted? Is that misuse of power? So we didn't really have consent. So this is just a teensy, weensy, schneetsy example about misuse of power. Um, the guy went off and retired to Western Australia somewhere. Um, yes, how you climb powers and why I don't work in the corporate sector. Um, and I'm, I'm going to digress off that. So much of our, you know, you know, so much of our society is, I'll say, male slash masculine dominated, and we don't think about this. It's you know how we teach leadership. You know, is dominated by male and/or corporate thinking. And you need different, in my opinion, you need, it's necessary to have different styles of leadership in the community sector. It's also necessary um, possibly in the public sector. But when you're in trauma-informed, traumatised communities such as trans and gender diverse and still most of LGBTI, that sort of, I'm going to use the phrase toxic masculinity, non-consent corporate leadership is, I think, triply problematic. So, you know, a big issue here is, and also another thing, you know, I'm going to go broader than the term listening. I'm going to say receiving information. When we're at school, we're taught how, you know, we're taught how to talk and say words. We're taught how to speak up. And the only way we're sort of taught to receive information really is reading. I guarantee for those who are privileged enough to have had some structured form of education listening to this show, I'd be almost willing to bet um, that it's a very tiny percentage, if anyone at all, who had any listening skills training at school. And I don't just mean not talking. I don't just mean, you know, sort of waiting till someone's finished talking and then jumping in to have you say, I mean, listening, listening for emotion, listening for feeling, these sorts of things. And this is where I think this plays into consent issues as well. So it's it's very, very broad. And, you know, I think this is why I like this as being broader than just sexual consent. And the thing is, this article, coming back to it, says that um, learning can predate sex education. Yes, put some basic habits in first. And it gives children an intuitive understanding of consent they can later apply it as to, in terms of sexual encounters as teenagers or adults. It's a child protection tool. And that way the child is also knowing when someone is doing something inappropriate. Um, explain to your children they are boss of their own body and other people are the bosses of their bodies. Yes, that's why you can't hurt or force people to do things. Children learn by observation, so model consent. Um, as this article says, if you're playing a tickling game, stop when they ask you to stop. If they don't want you to hug their uncle or kiss grandma, don't force them. Um, my, if my sister was listening to this show, um, we'd be probably remembering a mutual aunt who we always used to say gave us sloppy Jewish kisses. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, I wish I didn't have to endure that. If they don't want to play football in the yard with their siblings, like the non-gendered terminology there, it's okay to say no. Um, So really, really good stuff here. Um, 
and um, you know, there's sort of um, so much of of this, um, you know, where you know we we don't stop, and something else went um, through my mind there as well. And you know, sort of people often don't know how to manage peer group pressure. So you know, building up people's assertiveness and their right to say no. And Relationships Australia Chief Executive Elizabeth Shaw is quoted is saying that it can be about managing other people's disappointment. If you feel it's you know in your gut, it's right to say no, say no. Um, you know, there's peer group pressure, and of course, more so for girls and women. But I think in a um, perspective of cis vis-a-vis trans and gender diverse. I remember reading an article some years ago that many trans and gender diverse people feeling at that time that they had less options for intimate partner relationships often sadly went through with unsafe sex just to have some sex. And that's, um, you know, sort of, um, um, you know, very accurate. Hoffler's coming again, was it a blokey culture? Um, well, yes, at the all boys school, definitely. And at that corporate culture, absolutely so. Um, and schooling as well, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, big issues. As I say, we don't get enough of these things. Um, just perhaps flesh out um, those comments. We'll have an open dialogue on here. Love to have more listeners coming in on this. It's such an important topic. Um, so feel free to uh, message in by all the means. Um, you know, sort of girls and women, you know, socially conditioned to be people pleasers. We can't ignore that. Um, that there is still so much of that. It's not total, and we have progressed some way, but not all the way. What about talking to older children and teenagers about sexual consent? Same as other sex education, but of course the first thing is if you get it. Still so many places don't do it, and of course from the perspective of this program, it's heteronormative and gender normative, and we'll say, I'll say um, sex slash sex characteristics expected, you know, sort of, um, girls and vaginas, men and penises rather than people with penises and people with vaginas. And if J.K. Rowling's is listening to this, that's unlikely. Seriously, you know, let's make it inclusive. And I have to say, I had a lovely, um, uh, got, had someone tell me a few months ago that, um, you know, there were, is lots of work being done to make this trans inclusive. And, you know, school principals asking for the, you know, sort of appropriate age stuff that is inclusive, being very proactive and not just assuming heteronormativity. Um, so I think, um, you know, there's, um, you know, lots that we can be done. Um, so interesting here, uh, noting the erasure of non-binary people, one in eight boys, one in 12 girls said they engaged in unwanted sexual behaviour towards someone else. Wow, that's, um, let's just average that out roughly at one in 10. That's still too much. Um, you know, sort of, um, it is a lot um, of percentages and we need to have more of the conversations is so important. And um, how then do you overcome the awkwardness, the birds and the bees talk? I didn't get one. It was interesting a few years ago at a weekend away with lots of people, we were discussing this. I got this orange covered booklet, which had a silhouette of a body expected male, body expected female on it. And someone mentioned that and about half the hands in the room of about 12 people went up and my mum just said, here's this, because um, she wasn't talked about. It. And, you know, so we have to learn these things. And I want to come back to that in um, the next segment. Um, so, you know, sort of start by you know, asking general questions. What do you think about consent? What do your friends say about it? Well, there were our friends and I think it was a largely polyamorous um, sort of gathering. Um you know, remain calm if your child's experience is more mixed than you anticipated. 
talking to many parents and sort of social worker types, be prepared that this could ha- this conversation could happen when your child is um, in the front seat of the car. Um, be sensitive to other factors. And on this, here's another good thing about this article, um, including such as teenagers exploring their sexuality or identity. Oh, wow, what a good article. Um, so, yep, um, what would lack of consent look like at a party? Ask these questions, you know, really good. And there's an article in Today's Age that sort of has a, um, you know, sort of scenario about this. So really, really good, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, that um, just getting the, as much guidance and as I think good discussion, educated, informed discussion about this is important. Um, so let's have another breather. Let's have some more music. And one of the other good albums that I've picked up in the last few weeks is catching up a bit from the 2017 album Colin Hay, Fierce Mercy. Um, and we heard from Troy Cassar Daily with Ian Moss. Um, was the last track from the excellent The World Today album. Colin Hayes' album is called Fierce Mercy. This track is called Two Friends, appropriately enough. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally.
my brother, my brothers carry on. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. And we just heard from Colin Hay, Two Friends, a very powerful song. This is just such a very good album, um, Fierce Mercy. I don't know how I missed it because I'm normally right on top of Colin Hay. He's done some great songwriting since uh, Minute Work, which, of course, he's more well-known for. Um, let's go on with this um, discussion of consent. I just think this is um, so good. Um, and this Make No Doubt website from the New South Wales government um, sort of um, talks very clearly body language and non-verbal cues are important. Now, this comes in, what if you're someone whose neuroprocessing of some sort might miss these things? Well, you know, that is something that needs to get considered. Um, and what if you're, you know, whether, whether and that's something that needs to be considered for, we'll say, both people in an interaction. Um, so some signs indicate your partner is comfortable with what's happening includes reaching out to touch you in ways that you like, smiling and making eye contact, bending their body towards you and working with you, if this is the situation, to remove clothing, but non-verbal cues that could lead to indicate uncomfort, freezing up, hello, tension in their body, um, stiffness, stillness or lack of response to what you're doing, bending away instead of moving towards you and turning their face away or avoiding eye contact. So these are some things that need to be considered, remembering, as I say, with um, some things, everyone's individual. If someone is showing discomfort or hesitation, ask, hey, you okay with this? We can stop. And I think that's really important. It doesn't ha- and this um, article says, asking permission doesn't have to be a miserable sort of thing to be asked to do. It can invite intimacy to check in with your partner and show respect. It can actually bring you closer to having the conversations. Um and it also asks, should you teach your children, again, this a focus of this article being on children, how to say no verbally, it's a good communication skill, but easier said than done. Um, and, you know, it can be stuck trying to put into action. Some years ago, I mentioned Helena May early, um, earlier on, um, we just had, um, we would practice conversations where no matter how much you wanted to do something, you just get, you get learn how to say no. It's a start. You know, it's not the whole thing, but it was a pretty good start in my opinion. Um, you know, sort of, um, you know, so unpacking a child's fear that to be, um, you know, about, you know, peer pressure and those sorts of things and managing the expectations of peer groups. And so, yeah, role plays are mentioned here. Um, and, you know, sort of, um, you know, um, you know, the thing is, as much as we would all want prevention and for a while, sometime yet, I suppose we're going to need reactive responses you know no one should be victim blamed um people should look at their behavior but we're not going to get there um you know just just yet so how do we do it um you know as much as possible you do have to take precautions it's a sad indictment and of course the many hierarchies in society such as gender in terms of male and female in terms of cis vis-a-vis trans um, also, gender expression can come into it, um, is also these sorts of things. So, you know, do have to be on the lookout. Parents do need to take responsibility for children as well. And, you know, sort of, it also talks about if, heaven forbid, something does happen, make sure that the person's safe and that things have, you know, if there is some sort of harassment or assault, that it's stopped. And then you, you know, talk it through and affirm people and guiding them gently um, with someone. 
and also it talks about um you know sort of if someone did make a mistake and pushed someone um you know sort of listen first and maybe it can be clarified more quickly than a sort of um heavy response but it can be that someone just honestly slipped and worked through it so there's a couple of issues that come out of all of this um you know, I'm talking here about children and how we can get things off to a start, but of course not everyone has had that. We've got lots of adults and teenagers of all ages who haven't had it. Well, how do we deal with this? How do we start getting people to do more training and learning from it? That's a big question. I don't um, have the full answer to that, but I think we've got to start doing something. Maybe workplaces could encourage this in the, for a workplace context, where are good boundaries, have experts do it, um, people who are trained. Um, schools, obviously another big one, um, and try to get it across all ages. Maybe, you know, if it's done in the right way, it's the sort of thing that someone might want to look for in terms of where they work. You know, we often talk about is an organisation doing inclusion well enough um, and that can be something that attracts people of all backgrounds to a workplace. Is this part of it? Maybe it's got to be done that way. So they're really important things. I was thinking about the age aspect, I mean, in the context of the death of Prince Philip, um, because, um, you know, he made a a lot of, well, poor remarks, to put it mildly, about a number of groups of people over the course of his life. Now, I'm all for the thing that we might not, um, you know, sort of know something. We've all made slips um, in our time. We haven't thought about things. Um, content warning, um, ableism. I won't, you know, a, a year or so ago used the phrase walk the talk and we don't think about it. But then when we do, we stop and think, oh, how ableist. And if you don't do it again, fine. But when someone like, in terms of the context of poor behaviour, Prince Philip keeps making the same ones and won't look at himself and then has our former Australian Prime Minister praise him for being not politically correct, which has happened in the last 48 hours, heaven help us. So there are some points where you can't call in and it is necessary to use the phrase to call out to some extent and that's um, you know, um, a difficult thing to deal with at times. So, um, yeah, definitely needs, um, you know, sort of, though we're not going to get everyone, but the more we can get it, the more we can get part, some momentum, get to a proverbial tipping point maybe in how we do this, that's good. It has been good to see there's been going to be some legislative reform coming up this week, which is long over, um, or being proposed at least, in terms of having Parliament, judges and others, um, you know, sort of being subjected to federal law, which, I, as I said a couple of weeks ago, I was just utterly surprised and shocked that that wasn't the case already. But I think, and I think that will be a start, and that can be used to get some momentum. Um, Hoffler's come in. In my experience, Europeans are more open about talking sexuality, what they do and don't do. It's about open communication. I'd agree um, with probably and at least in gist with all of those sentiments. Haven't spent a lot of time in what I'll call continental Europe myself, but I did even in the short time when I was not really self-aware on these issues, um, did notice that. Also, they have a lot more all-gender toilets in continental Europe. Um, yeah, so there have also been forums of politicians, um, you know, and I think we need more of those. It has to get spoken about and, you know, get that sort of leadership going. And, of course, ideally this will be, we'll say, cross-partisan. Um, you know, that has to happen as well. 
Um, and so that's very welcome. Um, alcohol, yeah, that can come into it too. Um, but I think that we need to be careful. You know, alcohol doesn't help anything, but whilst there was a, you know, there were some female politicians talking about um, um, the issue of alcohol and drug testing in federal parliament, that to me is sort of, um, and that's from a health perspective, a good thing. In terms of sexual consent, I wonder if that's attacking symptoms and not causes. Um, you know, um, you know, if we had people were more, um, well, deeply, um, you know, thoughtful about this, maybe even when they were drunk, they, there'd be at least some decrease in chance of non-consensual activity. Um, you know, sort of, um, and Hoffler said we normalise, um, you know, cultural norms such as racism and sexism and sexism as part of the negative side of privilege and entitlement. Yeah, well, we we certainly do. We you know, and I think that sometimes I do wonder that in some of the things we've done in terms of reforms, yes, it's necessary to tack immediate problems, and sometimes we'll use the phrase we chop the top off an overgrown plant, but do we uproot, um, pull it up from the roots? Maybe we've got to start doing that sort of slightly more, put a bit of strain and you know elbow grease in and uproot things is where we need to be. Um, so lots to consider here, um, but it's a really, as I say, this is such a good article and well worth um, thinking about. Let's have um, a bit of a listen to Jimmy Barnes and um, we hope one day that, well, um, to quote in the title of one of Cole Chisel's famous songs, this version from the Working Class Boy recording of a few years ago, we hope one day the war is over. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Thank you. 
The Boldness, campaigning for human rights for people with disabilities. Join us every third Wednesday of the month at 6pm on 3CR. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR.org.au, three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally. Prior to the message, we heard from Jimmy Barnes and a working class boy. Barnesy for PM, Ash Party, Ash Barty for Deputy, um, or something like that. Seriously, two good Australians. Um, very quickly, didn't get enough time to cover this in detail, Kayleen, who um forwarded to me because I missed it somehow. Um, a campaign to back Victorian LGBTIQ plus and loved ones um, called Pride Respect Equality, which launches today, um, which was um, which is today the eleventh, um, and um, presenting preventing all forms of family violence and abuse. Now we're not just talking intimate partner, but of course family violence can come from any family member to the other, and you know sort of the perpetrators of family violence most most likely. Um, to be parents or siblings. Six in ten LGBTIQ plus people have experienced it. Um, so remember, if you have, you can call 1-800-542-847, the With Respect line, or 1-800-184-527 for um, QLife, including Switchboard in Victoria and Tasmania. There'll be ads in um, forms of um, sort of all forms of media, um, metro and regional television, radio, press, digital and social channels, and in Italian, Greek, Hindi, and Punjabi on radio. So that's a really good thing, backed by Gabrielle Williams, Martin Foley, and Ro Allen. Um, so I think this is, and also um, the support of Respect Victoria Chair Melanie Eagle. 
So I think this is really welcome. I'll have to track down. I'll track down more and see if we can get the Lukamish L apostrophe um, on the show to talk about this because I think this is a really important initiative. Thanks for sending that in, Kaylin. We'll get into that in more detail in the next few weeks. I'd be glad out of here and make way for Freedom of Species, um, who are talking vegan fact checking today. Um, gosh, we could do about twenty-three shows um, a week on. LGBTIQA plus fact-checking, given that there is often misinformation. But we'll rock our way out today with Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band um, from the classic Live Bullet album um, of the of 1975 and Bo Diddley. Um, permission to do air guitar, drums and keyboards is granted. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. Mm-hmm.